0: Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation.
1: Good morning and welcome to our wild world. It's a lovely Monday morning, the first uh, uh, week of the new year, actually starting the second week of a uh, new year, 2013. Wow, we're here already. So today we're going to talk about um, the consideration of a new benchmark of health and wealth, how we want to define what the health and wealth not only for our human community's means, but for our world, and maybe perhaps find a bit closer of a channel to connect the two of us. As the rise in demand for our natural resources continues to pressure our ability to provide for our increased human population, What will happen to our protected areas? Where will the wildlife go? We have severely affected our oceans, our land use, and our wildlife, our refuge, public lands and seas. Uh, As people increase and our development increases across the globe, we watch our wild populations decrease. I think that has a lot to do with how we're defining our health and wealth of our planet. Our dependence upon fossil fuels and traditional energy models is crashing headlong into our conservation and health model. Oil spills, the Arctic pipeline, and our our lack of political will uh, toward protection of our biodiversity versus the ever-increasing need to find alternative fuels for an ever-increasing population. As we increase the use of all our uh, and find alternative energies, hydroelectric, wind, uh, solar, the need to seriously understand the impacts of these uh, changes on the the resultant changes on our landscapes, they are having an effect. So no matter which way we decide to go at this point with all the challenges we're facing, I think we need to redefine where our priorities are and Uh, Instead of wealth being the dollar bills in your pocket and health being how full you are of um, goods and services that we make, we switch that around, that wealth is the goods and services and the health of our planet, and that in turn makes us healthy and wealthy. We've severely affected our common goods, both the human and the wildlife sanctuaries, the refuges, refuges, our public lands and seas. Our combined land and water use affects not only our wildlife, but the air, land, weather, climate, food security, and safety for us all. Not just us people, but all the wildlife and other biota we share this planet with. Another way to measure our world's health and wealth is through looking at poverty and disease. Uh, poverty and disease are inextricably linked to the health and wealth of communities, whether it's here in the West or in an emerging world. In Africa, as an emerging global commerce, an increased demand for the resources of land, water, and development, in addition to imports of consumables of the West, which consumes further resources, is affecting many of our last remaining large landscape and migratory wildlife populations. Lions, elephants, wildebeest, inching them ever onward or out altogether, out of our planet, uh, not just in Africa. Look at our uh, our need and our quest for oil, uh, what happened on our offshore oiling rigs? the big oil spills, The whether it's uh, Exxon Valdez or the BP oil spill. Uh, look what's happening in the Arctic Wildlife Refuge and the demand for the pipeline up there, uh, the Getty Dam in Ethiopia. Uh, working that up, which um, ends up reducing the water flow through the southern part of the Omorate area and the tribal lands there, which ends up affecting Lake Turkana, the northern area of Kenya, southern area of the Ethiopia, and all the peoples dependent upon that lake for their life and livelihood. Uh, so as we watch our resources and our development Increase and we see our wildness and our buffer zones and our wildlife decrease, um, especially in Africa where the soft export of tourism is not keeping pace with the exploding population and climbing, uh, and resultant climbing of the economic ladder and the need for consumables of what the West has to offer. We watch as China invests across the globe in businesses and infrastructure, roads and buildings, but where this development occurs, we lose wildlife exponentially, especially in Africa. Rhino, elephant, in their in the ever search for ivory and bushmeat poaching have increased beyond historical levels only to be outpaced by deforestation and drought. So I'd say that's a really big clue as to the health and wealth of our planet. Uh, while at the same time we go through uh, banking crises and financial and fiscal crises and reach the fiscal cliff and we are defining our health and our wealth upon that bottom economic line of the monetary, uh, financial, fiscal dollar, which I think is has gotten us to a point where it's not working, just as I've talked about over the past um, several episodes that... Um, The conservation model of the past has not been working Uh, as we reach a paradigm shift in over the last five to 10 years. And now an opportunity from this year moving forward because it becomes so much more important. Now, as we move forward, we have to reach this paradigm shift before we fall off the fiscal cliff. Um, and I think we can each do that if we each get involved. And in order to get involved and understand how we can help, how we can do something, I think it's important to understand what it is we're dealing with, the challenges that we're facing this year and as we move forward. They're very different challenges than we faced before. Um, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we still had issues of uh, fuel economy, uh, development, consumerism, international trade, gross national product, uh, changing political climates. But each, uh, each generation faces these issues. But I think over the past 50 years, we've come to a point where our human just being here has had more of an effect than it has ever had in previous history. And if you discuss and look at the climate change research, population demographic research, economic research, you name it, it's all out there. Humans have a big part in the changes that have come over the past 50 years. And the biggest one is poverty and disease. You would think that over the past 50 years with the amount of uh, uh, technological and medical development we've made and the improvements we have that uh, we wouldn't be facing the the same poverty and disease that we've been facing for hundreds of years. We're facing a des- disparate gap between the haves and the have-nots. Whether that Whether that what they have is an abundance of wildlife that affects their security or an abundance of power and money that affects the land use, some of the cases of disease and poverty themselves are identified as barriers to economic development that would end poverty. Poverty and disease are tied closely together with each factor aiding the other. Many diseases that primarily affect the poor serve to also deepen poverty and worsen conditions. Poverty also significantly reduces people's capabilities of making it more difficult to avoid poverty-related issues. With the majority of diseases and related mortality in poor countries, it's It is due to preventable, treatable diseases for which medicines and treatments are already available. So why aren't we using them? Why isn't it getting farther out there in the world? Poverty in many cases is the single dominating factor in higher rates of of these diseases, poor hygiene, ignorance. Uh, uh, Non-access to health-related education, non-availability of safe drinking water, inadequate nutrition and indoor pollution are all factors exacerbated by poverty. And today in our current world, if we were to look here in the West, we are more wealthy dollar-wise than we've ever been before, yet we have a higher debt ceiling. We're more in debt, not only fiscally, but environmentally. We are paying the price for the last 50 years of, um, I'd say, not thinking in a harmony of how wealth and health are so tied and related to each other. Uh, degrees of social status are closely linked to health inequalities. Those with poor health tend to fall into poverty, and the poor tend to have poor health. According to the World Health Organization, with those countries of lower socioeconomic strata have the worst health outcomes. Health also appears to have a strong social component, linking it to education and access to information. In terms of health, poverty includes low income, low education, social exclusion, and environmental decay. The poor within most countries are trapped in a cycle in which poverty breeds ill health and ill health breeds poverty. I see some parallels uh, with the West here. Uh, in in developing countries, they usually call this um, poverty as a, a lack of ability to connect to all the access that the western world has well we here in the west we have access to all this um and what is it doing for us we are less healthy than we've ever been before so um in terms of relating, you know, poverty of disease we have, or disease of poverty, let's put it that way, we have the disease of affluence, uh, also referred to as the Western health paradigm. We are more affluent today than we've ever been before, and yet look across uh, the West. Our health is declining. We have uh, higher incidence of diabetes higher incidence of uh, heart heart uh, problems, uh, long, while at the same time we have a, a major increase in the decline of poverty and longevity increases and lifestyle changes. But we're still um, not at a benchmark of what we would call health. In fact, uh, the Millennium Development Goals and the UNEP have stated that health is the number one Uh, point that needs to be addressed. So why aren't we healthy here in the West? It's really easy to understand why we're not healthy in Africa uh, for all the reasons that I just stated. Uh, Malnutrition, uh, lack of protein, lack of micronutrients, uh, increased susceptibility to HIV infections. Without nutrients, the body lacks defense mechanisms to resist infections. Uh, at the same time, HIV and other bacterial and infectious diseases uh, lowers the body ability to intake essential n- nutrients. So when we tie all this together, our health, what's happening here in the West, the loss of our health here in the West, the loss of our biodiversity as we create an increased development uh m- Corridor, leaving less and less wild corridors, and also the increase in development in Africa, but while maintaining the same uh, disparate increase in wealth and uh, health. So my question is, what is going wrong? How do we deal with this? I would love to hear from you if you have information regarding with what is going on in terms of these uh uh, uh, changes and challenges call in at one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, 472 5788 or you can email me at wildize at org. I'd love to have a conversation with you and to hear your thoughts and Perhaps your solutions, who's got the good ideas out there that we can implement throughout our family, the, the the neighborhood community, the larger community, the city, the state, the federal government, the world. Look at it that way. It, it's All small movements start with a good idea, and that good idea has a, a, a good chance of spreading. And today with our technology, things go around the world so fast. Um, you could say the same thing about disease. The, disease travels around the world real fast. I live in a small community, and uh, every tourist season, which winter high season, we have people coming from all over the world to come enjoy the beauty of an area that is um, mostly a wilderness area with a tiny town plopped down smack dab in the middle of it. Um, but with them, they bring... Uh, not only an infusion of dollars so that helps our economic wealth of this community but they bring an infusion of bacteria I have a tendency to call it the mass humanity flu I think we're all facing that more and more these days our um, bacterial and flu and cold viruses are getting more virulent um, as we centralize a lot of our processes centralize our communication centralize our travel and our uh, transportation we mingle a lot more. Uh, we mingle with each other. We are in contact with each other more and more. But what's happening? Do you feel is contacted and connected more and more it, it, at the same pace that our our. Our technology has taken us or are you feeling more isolated? Are you feeling more crowded? Are you feeling more pinched? Are you feeling more worried about what are we going to do for the future? So here's a good place to start. Start thinking of shifting your own personal paradigm of health and wealth and think of wealth as the ability to get along with your neighbor, with your um, environment and help Along in those things that are larger and outside of you. Doing good feels good. So when we can do some good, whether it's within our community or with something that we feel connected to, then we are making a difference. And I'd love for you to connect with Wild Eyes Foundation and check out our website at www.wildeyes.org and find out some of the uh, projects and work that we're working on to help change this paradigm, to help shift this paradigm to a new definition of health and wealth. It's working. In a lot of places, it's working. I am continually heartened by what happens in Africa, where I see such um, poverty, such disease, uh, such a lack of what we have over here in so many ways. Uh, What I do see is a distinct and deep felt connection to the world uh, and to the earth, to the land. I think here we have lost that connection to the land. We depend on the land. We enjoy recreating in the land. But I think we've lost that connection that this really is what we uh, need to survive. So as we move forward from 2013 on into uh, the future, let's think about our health and our wealth. And we'll get back to you right after the break. I'd like you to call in at 1 866 472 5788 or send me an email at wildize.org.
0: Wildize.org. Streaming live. The leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World.
1: A new paradigm, a shift in what we consider the health and wealth of our community, not just our individual community, but our global community. I've been doing a lot of research and um, uh, finding some interesting facts how uh, the health of our community are not only health in terms of economic and social and community security and food security, but uh, the Uh, economic benefit and health of, uh, our into relationships with each other uh, as individuals and as communities. Um, it's been an interesting study. There's interesting studies showing that uh, degrees of social status are closely linked to health inequalities. Who would have thought? Um, it actually seems to make a lot of sense. Those with poor health tend to fall into poverty, and the poor tend to have poor health. So that's a, a, a circle that is very difficult. To uh, to break, in terms of health and poverty, uh, it, it includes low income, low education, social exclusion, and environmental decay. The poor within most countries are trapped in a cycle in which poverty breeds ill health, and breeds ill health breeds poverty. Uh, for many environmental and social reasons, including crowded living and working conditions, inadequate sanitation, um, dispor- dispor- uh, disproportionate pop- uh portion of our population as sex workers and the poor are more likely to be exposed to infectious diseases. There's also malnutrition, stress, overwork, and inadequate or inaccessible or non-existent health services or water. Malnutrition is associated with 54% of childhood deaths from early diseases of poverty. So that takes us to um, the health of our water systems. Um, In case we haven't quite gotten it, I'm talking about the health of our planet um, and the health of our Biota, the health of our biodiversity and the health of our ecosystems as being the new benchmark of wealth for our planet. Instead of uh, that benchmark of wealth defining health, I would like to see, and I think that's a, a huge movement today, that health will define our wealth so each chair uh, in, in terms of water um, water health and the health of a community a lot of the projects we're working on um, we had a special guest a uh, uh, caracal Dr. Kathy Alexander and Dr. Mac- Mark Vandewall, uh, who are working on water quality research that's been funded by WildEyes uh, in Botswana in the Chobi Linyati River system uh, as it's been found out that A lot of disease is cyclical, especially in poverty-ridden areas such as Africa. Uh, Each year, many children uh, and adults die as a result of the lack of access to clean drinking water and poor sanitation. Uh, In this particular area, every two to three years, there would be a cycle uh, where people would die off of cholera and malaria. So a lot of the work that we funded was trying to find out where was this starting? Was it starting through um, waste management? And we did a mongoose study to understand disease vector of TB and how it was going from the human to wildlife to elephant populations. As a result of that, we realized the TB was coming from somewhere prior to the waste management, the open pit, the pit latrine, the landfill. So where was it coming from? Wildlife uses these vectors. And that was a lot of what this study is about, is understanding the vectors of where disease comes from, because disease has such a huge impact on wealth and health of a community and an individual and their ability to fight back, whether it be biologically with immunities or socially with um, a a healthy access to education and ability to think and uh, participate in the community. Many combinable diseases and many of the poverty-related diseases spread as a result of inadequate access to clean drinking water. According to UNICEF, 3,000 children die every day worldwide due to contaminated drinking water and poor sanitation. Although the Millennium Development Goal of having the number of people who did not have access to clean water by 2015 was reached years of head of schedule. In fact, in 2010, there are still 783 million people who rely on unimproved water sources. Imagine your day. uh, Let's start in the morning, you get up, you go to the sink, you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you take your shower, you have your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and you head on into work. We take potable drinking water so totally for granted. We have a tap in several rooms of our houses. Uh, We have drinking fountains, uh, public drinking fountains, water, water everywhere, uh, to the point that we use it for environmental display, um, landscape display. Uh, but imagine you live in a country and where the concept of using potable water to water your lawn is completely foreign completely foreign and the fact that you have to travel anywhere from 5 to 20 miles a day with a bucket on your head to carry home back and forth potable drinking water, which you have to use so uh, sparingly not only to water your cells, wash your cells, usually to water your livestock. And uh, it has to last you a while and f- d- feed your family because you've got to go walk anywhere from 5 to 20 miles to go get some more. So on average, in developing worlds, a lot of places, especially in Africa, this affects the whole female population. It's the women who go and trek for water. So this takes them a good proportion of their day it's it's difficult work and um the children are out of school. So imagine the pressure on these developing communities in the developing emerging worlds where water is not running out of the tap uh, in several rooms. Potable water is a precious resource that is hard to come by, especially with the changes in our climate and uh, shifting weather patterns uh, along with deforestation. Uh, desertification and drought so uh, we've become in that disease of affluence that we have here we take so many of our systems for granted where in uh, the disease of poverty it has the basic foundation of disease is in, in spread of disease or lack of disease the ability to help cure disease is water and access to health access to education and access to uh, a community a community and the support and the systems which also requires access to climbing the economic ladder so it 's all tied together our the health of our world the health of our pl- our planet the health of our human community Western and developing emerging world alike um, there's there's a shift that needs to happen it's just take a look at it i mean put the the west on one side and put africa on the other and make a list and start ticking it down uh water health economic security food security community education uh you name it uh it's, <laughs> who has the haves and the have nots and now on the other side of the column put down wildlife elephants lions wildebeest um, let's go further abroad, the cob migration, uh, gorillas, um, every megafauna that you can think of, and even the meso- mesocarnivores, the predators, and even the biota that you can think of on the African continent. Balance it off with what we have here and what we've lost and uh, what we don't have to lose if we just start reconsidering how we wanted to find our health and our wealth, so i'd look uh really like to hear from uh, you guys or get a cre- uh conversation going through some of the discuss excuse me my mouth is dry through some of our discussion groups. you can call in at one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight or you can email me at wild at wildeyes.org. And please visit our website at www.wildeyes.org and visit some of the projects that we're working on across sub-Saharan Africa that help improve uh, the health, wealth uh, of both the human and wildlife communities in Africa. Wildlife conservation in Africa is Uh, linked completely to the needs of humans. The needs of wildlife and the needs of humans are the same. We've talked about this a lot. Security, space, the ability to do what you need to do in terms of wildlife, be, get food, move, and in terms of people, to live without uh, the conflict of, of interacting with wildlife so that they can have their life way and lifestyle also maintained, whether it be livestock or hunter-gatherer. But we, our world has changed so much in the last 50 to 100 years that the systems that we're using to uh, define and therefore create an agenda to protect and uh, conserve and provide sustainability as we move forward as a global population, they have to change. The model isn't working um, as much as we would like to see that uh, things have improved with the billions of dollars of aid that gets dropped on Africa. It hasn't. That's not to say that the aid has not been needed. It, it is needed, but there is a, a big problem in the politics and the political will of who's giving the aid and who's accepting the aid, and what's being done with that aid. Um, I'm not going to get into a political discourse on that right now. Um, You're more than welcome to bring that up in a discussion group, either on our blog at our website or um, LinkedIn discussion groups or iRadio blog or even email me. But uh, what we do have to realize is that I'm just going to come out and say it, okay? The money that we're we're sending over there is not necessarily getting into the places where it's going to do the most good. The money is certainly needed. Uh, Being a founder and a president of a nonprofit, I certainly understand what support contributions, uh, public support, and will do for conservation uh, we're a small organization and your support is critical and it will make a difference so now you're thinking how do I relate that to what I just said in terms of economic and billions of dollars not doing a whole lot of good. Um, so, it all depends on where it goes, how it's used, who's responsible for it, who's accountable for it, and who's, uh, benefiting from it. So, there's a really, really good book out there called, um, Dead Aid. D-E-A-D. AID by Dambisa Moyo. And uh, she's uh, an economist. Uh, She worked with several of our uh, presidential administrations on economics. Fascinating woman. She's also written a subsequent book to Dead Aid called How the West Was Lost and she brings forth some very, very interesting concepts which definitely put the world into a bit of a tizzy when it came out because her basic suggestion is to turn off the faucet of aid so um, what she mostly means by that is government to government concessional loans so uh, she has a, a five step plan for turning off the faucet and that aid, foreign aid, is keeping Africa from developing which in a lot of cases is very true, which goes right back to what I said. A lot of years of uh, development, independence, infrastructure, conservation, NGOs has uh, billions of dollars is flooding in to uh, Africa. And we're all wondering why doesn't it change? So in a lot of ways, it's got to change. And with the same money needs to be spent, uh, I think that the change comes down to where is it going and who's responsible for it. Small organizations, the ones that you get the mailers for, um, World Wildlife Fund, National Wildlife Foundation, International Fund for Animal Welfare, um, they're all great org- organizations. They all have um, an agenda that is about saving life on Earth and uh, making us aware and educating us to as what's out there. Um, Are we successful? Are conservation, wildlife conservation, wildlife organizations successful? Yes, to a degree, because we still have a lot of wildlife. Um, but we are losing it. And to be successful and to, um, help shift this paradigm to bring out, uh, bring up on that scale of health and wealth to rebalance the scales organizations like wild eyes and other conservation organizations where our, our our ultimate goal is to educate everyone each and every one of us learning every day how important the health of our planet is to the wealth of our communities and uh We've got a big battle to fight. Uh, we've been we've been uh, doing it a long time. There's defenders of wildlife and the battle for wolves, an apex predator, and its right to exist in our landscape. After we extirpated it, caused it to go extinct. That's what that means. Back in the 1900s, um, what we're doing to a lot of our apex. Uh, and uh, top carnivores. I've talked about this before, how important the carnivores are in that trophic triangle that we call, or circle that we call Earth. Everything is dependent upon everything else. So when we separate ourselves from that uh, equation, and say it's an us versus them or a we versus they, um, my suggestion is to remove that curtain, uh, tear down that wall, and put yourself in the landscape, put yourself in the equation. It's each of us. Every one of us has the ability and the decision and the responsibility and the accountability to make a stand that earth counts, earth counts is here for us. If we want to continue, then we have to continue uh, protecting and taking care of our earth and uh, change and redirect some of our thinking. So I would love to hear from you. Uh, to call in at one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, or email me at w i l d i z e at wildeyes dot org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, iRadio blog, and uh, check in on some of our previous episodes, and you'll get a good idea of where we're coming from on our wild world. It's about living on earth and keeping wildness in our world and our place in it and the place of wildlife and the wildness in our lives. And we'll be right back.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to WildEyes at WildEyes.org. That's W I L D I Z E at W I L D I Z E dot ORG. Now, back to our wild world.
1: So, we're talking about a paradigm shift in the health and wealth of our planet. Uh- And I've defined health and wealth as to be, as opposed to just economic wealth, the amount of dollar bills or monetary currency, uh, whatever value that is in your wallet, that uh, it's the health and wealth of our planet, our biosystems, our ecosystems, our habitats, which directly link to the wealth of the human community as much as the poor health of the human community is linked to the poor health of the planet. Uh, We were talking about poverty and disease in Africa and how that has a, a, a definite means of continuing to keep it where it's at rather than improving it and how a lot of foreign aid is not necessarily helping Africa climb out of this cycle of poverty and disease uh, that's a political conversation that I'd be willing to have uh, through a, a discussion group. And there's not enough time or uh, I won't get into that here. But the point is, is that the ill health of the human community has an effect on the poor health of our uh, wild world, and our, the health of our wild world has an effect on us, and we seem to be in a downward spiral. Uh, take a look at the news. Read. uh, uh d- just peruse the net uh, we're getting more natural disasters which are definitely linked to climate change which is definitely linked to the impact we have had on our ecological and environmental systems over the past 50 to 100 years that doesn't mean climate change is a direct result of of man's, uh, humankind's activities but a large part of it is being uh, speeded up, the cycles are being speeded up uh, due to our increases on specific systems. So climate change is, climate is always changing, it's never static. It's the rate of change which is the critical factor uh, when you're considering temperature, in, uh, global temperature increases or decreases uh, by factors, uh, Of 10, or when you consider a one degree increase in the global temperature, what that does. So it's it's not just about the human component, but what I'm talking about is the human component is something we can do something about. And that changes the health and wealth and the baseline of uh, what we define as the paradigm of how we want to move forward. What's health, What's wealth and how are they tied together? Have we seem in the West to um, have what we call a disease of affluence, um, as opposed to the diseases you find in Africa, which everyone can name off, poverty, malnutrition, uh, cholera, malaria, TB, HIV, uh, you name it, uh, a whole host of them. So what are the diseases of the affluent uh, examples are, um, they're typically non-communicable diseases, such as versus communicable d- diseases, as I mentioned before. Um, and it, it seems to be mostly dealing with physical health conditions for which personal lifestyles and societal conditions are associated with economic development. Um, that seems to increase the risk factors for type 2 diabetes, asthma, coronary heart disease, cerebrovascular disease, peripheral vascular disease, obesity, hypertension, cancer, alcoholism, gout, and depression. Uh, th- that's huge these days. We find here in the West with our effluence and what we would typically define as a healthy and wealthy community that being our health based on our economic affluence but look what's happened to the health of our planet and the health of our human communities it's decreased tremendously so it shows a direct link between the health of our environment and the health of our human communities and the health of our uh, wildlife communities and our wild spaces uh I've said it many times, over here we're more and more disconnected as we live more urban lifestyles and that our open spaces and our environment and our wild world is there for our entertainment and recreation. But irregardless of whether we're standing in it or recreating it or not, that ecosystem provides benefits to the health of our community, to the health of our neighborhood, to the health of our planet overall. So as... We decide to think of economics and benefits in terms of health and wealth and poverty or um, affluence and disease. It all comes together. Uh, When we talk about conservation, this is what conservation has to consider. All aspects of the environment, which is not just the zoological environment, the biological environment. Uh, It's not species outside of us. We are mammals. We are the human animal. We have so much in common with all the all the other mammalian communities on this earth, and uh, we research and we need our humanity to understand what is going on, going on with the bio biological and zoological community. We are getting to the point where uh, we are understanding so much more about the other specific species we share this planet with that it would be a real shame to at this point not. Decide to shift our goal to this health and understanding and, now and quest for knowledge to learn more to be that new benchmark. Of health and wealth for our planet let's reverse what we're focusing on um, I know it's hard on everybody's working so hard everybody's um, multitasking all the time and uh, multi entertaining themselves or you know taking a break for lunch doing your email doing your gym uh, watching the latest news and listening to your your, your tunes and your earbuds slow down Take a break, do one thing at a time, and let your mind catch up and absorb what you've been taking in. Uh, There is scientific research that says uh, you need like 20 to 30 minutes for your brainwave to level out to where you can actually start absorbing and retaining that which you have input over the past three to four hours. So when you take your break, take a break. Stop doing everything. Do one thing. Go for a walk and listen. Uh, walk. You're walking through our wild world, whether it be your suburban park or um, a national park or a hike on BLM or forest land. Uh, you've gone there for a reason. Your psyche says, I want to get into some peace and some quiet and some wildness. Um, so enjoy being there. Pay attention. And at the same time, while you're paying attention, realize there is wildlife out there. Um, A lot of it is... uh, That's not a really good way to put it. Uh, Much of it can be predatory, um, especially in Africa. You have to pay attention. But even here in the U.S., we do have the mountain lions and uh, bears. So it's important that when you're out in our wild world, that you pay attention, that you really be in our wild world. And I'll bet you anything... You know, you, you, you walk and you absorb the earth and you absorb the sounds and the wildness around you. It feeds a really positive feedback loop into your head. And that is a healthy thing to uh, to find yourself in. So I would love to hear from you if you'd call in at 866-472-5788 or email me at wildize at wildeyes.org. Join in our discussion groups, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and iRadio blog, and check out our website, www.wildeyes.org, and learn about some of the projects that we're working on that are geared toward reorienting and redirecting the definition and the paradigm of health and wealth to one that includes and puts uh, earthly planetary biosystem health on equal footing with the health of the human community, a lot of the problem in past conservation, uh, the way we 've made en- enemies of conservation and I covered that in a couple of episodes, is that we have sometimes in that shift of our conservation model, we put environment first above and beyond and beyond some of the human cu- communities that needed that we're working with that we needed their help so it made enemies of these people that it uh, it it put a a concern out there that the wildlife and the earth that they depended on was more important than them which is a very difficult concept even for us you don't want to think the world is more important than you You want to have equal footing with the, with the same concept so that when the health of the planet is being taken consideration, it also includes your health because it is linked together. So uh, in terms of enemies of conservation and a shift in conservation models, we realize through a lot of research and our technological ability that we have gained over the past 50 years that human communities have always had an impact on the wildlife communities uh, in some sort of soft management or even out-and-out uh, out out manipulation. Native American communities, Africans, the Aboriginals, they've all been here a lot longer, uh, the original First Peoples, than our current Western um, uh, species that we are today. Um, so in, in terms of where we want to go from where we are today, we need to rethink where we are. We need to rethink what is health. And what is wealth and tie that directly on an equal footing with that which we share and we depend upon this planet Earth for our necessities, not only for our, our resources of water, air, uh, food and security, but those psychological uh, resources, the aesthetics that also make us human, the joy in our open sp- spaces, the joy in listening to a songbird all of these things have value. Uh, it's what we talked about a little bit last week, who pays for wildlife, what is the value of wildlife. We've carried a thread of that. It's not only an economic value and a resource, planetary value, it's also an aesthetic value. It's it's important to our psyche. We all live here together. Uh, we've grown up uh, through the eons next to these wildlife. They have survived and evolved uh, and adapted to their uh, environments as much as we have. So who are we, this one species on the planet, to decide the fate across the board of everything else on Earth? I think we have a choice and we can decide the, that we will be a part of this uh, evolution as opposed to the extinction of everything that is going on. So diseases of affluence are almost as bad as diseases of poverty. Both of them interfere with the health and the wealth uh, and the benchmark of how we define uh, how we want to move forward. What is health and what is wealth? Uh I'd say... What we in the West are missing a, a lot in terms of what 's going on in Africa is this is this connection, this physical connection with the earth. We in the West uh, don 't exercise as much as we used to uh, through our development and our urbanization. We spend a lot of time in offices that don 't require physical labor our parking ourselves in front of the TV um, Our diet has changed to higher fat, higher sugar, uh, more meat and dairy as opposed to plant-based diets, Uh, all these are just the opposite in Africa. Uh, It is through the Western shift and the outspread and globalization uh, and desire to westernize that the emerging worlds are starting to, Deal with the same issues we are in in, in facing these new modern contemporary diseases they 're non but they are a disease of society they are a disease of culture they are a disease of how we have decided to um, conduct ourselves on this planet so we have the ability to change that to redefine that make our political systems and our community will follow this new paradigm this new shift the will of the people the, the for the common good and uh change the political will work toward that and change if nothing else your personal will and get involved and take action and try something different that puts Reorients and redirects the paradigm of health and wealth to one that includes our wild world and all the other living beings that we share this planet with and each other. So, uh, I'd love to hear from you to continue this this discussion. Check out our website at www.wildeyes.org to learn more about what we're working on. You can email me at wildize at wildeyes.org, and we'll talk to you again next week on Our Wild World.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week.